Welcome to Reboot or Rewind, a podcast in which we talk about our favorite movies and TV shows and the reboots that are bound to happen. I'm Ty. And I'm Rachel. And we went back to 2000 and watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> what you talking about, Will? You got it, dude. You little nasty. Hold on tight, spider monkey. So, Rachel, how's it going? I just started reading a book that won the Best Fiction of the Year Award on Goodreads last year. It's like called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Oh, I heard about that book. Yeah, and it's actually really, it has a lot of video game references because the, you know, that's like the main interest of like the two people who fall in love or I, i'm assuming mm-hmm. are gonna fall in love i'm not that far mm-hmm. into it but i like it so far i i see why it won the award it's it's pretty good writing i will say i'm getting very manic pixie dream girl vibes though um mm-hmm. and i i think they tried to avoid that by having part of the story from the girl's point of view so she's not mm-hmm. just a character in the guy's world like a lot of these mm-hmm. are um but it's still like it's like uh the way he talks about her it's like oh my gosh she's this diamond and in, in amongst everyone else she's so misunderstood she like i don't know it's like a little i was a little mm-hmm. off about that but like uh i like the video game references um because i love a good video game so yeah mm-hmm. so i've been reading that and um i guess it's the most exciting thing that's happening in my life right now <laughs> Uh, but how yeah. are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I have like almost like an almost a hundred days left until I graduate, and I know that's a it's a countdown. It's the countdown. Um, and I've been also reading books. I've been reading Percy Jackson. I just finished Percy mm. Jackson and the Olympians, like that series, and now I'm into the Heroes of Olympus saga part mm-hmm. it is so good it gets me every time and i did some other books i want to read um ninth house by lee bardugo i need to read read because i forgot everything that happened in it and the new one hellbent this came out so i was like i need to read that and then tilia hilbert who wrote the brown sisters trilogy came out with a new book and that's also on my Libby that i need to read before it goes away <laughs> and i can't i can't get out of the percy jackson like it's been it's been gobble me up um so i'm really excited for the new T- disney plus series um that's supposed to come out next right. year so right. i'm excited right. for it because it's it's some good stuff it's some good stuff as a new yorker i love it because <laughs> percy jack is also a new yorker yeah. um i'm also just very like i i don't know if the listeners know but i've been doing hello fresh and that's been going fantastic I'm making a risotto tonight. Um, so I'm like really excited for that. And I think I'm gonna have some brownies. Um, I haven't had brownies in like years. Like I haven't made brownies in years, so I'm really excited. Or like cupcakes or something, like something like baking related. Cause I haven't really baked in a while. And so yeah, I think that's because I've been looking for a snack to have, because I've been doing really well, like having a snack and you know, by having something, you know portion didn't we i'm sorry we don't we're going on a tangent i know we go on a tangent. but speaking of tangents and going off script 
that is a great segue for our show. So, Rachel, can you tell us a little bit about our show today? Yeah. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm is an HBO sitcom um, that's actually like stayed on HBO the entire time. So that's mm-hmm. a little different. Person. <laughs> Usually series will jump around a little bit. Um, it originally aired in 2000 and ran for eight seasons until 2011. Then it returned in 2017 for a ninth season and then was rebooted once more in 2020 for two more seasons. And I think it did just get greenlit for a 12th season as well. Um, so very long running. Um, the show presents a fictionalized version of the life of Larry David, co-creator of Seinfeld. Um, the show follows Larry as he navigates his working life post Seinfeld and finds himself in many awkward day-to-day interactions that somehow always come back to haunt him. Uh, though da- David and the other writers would have general outlines for each episode and season storylines, the show itself was typically mostly improv. Uh, it was also notable for its many recurring celebrity guests, often playing themselves, uh, like Ted Danson, Jerry Seinfeld, Richard Lewis, and Mary Steenburgen. Um, it has received 47 Emmy nominations in its lifetime and won a Golden Globe in 2020. Um, so I guess that means the reboot had been being received well. Um, but I, I, I like this is one of those shows that like it's not one of my favorite shows ever. Um, and I can't say that I've seen every episode because it's really not the type of show that you have to have seen every episode to know a lot about. Um, and I, I think I would just catch it on cable a lot. Um, and then like when it was available sh- for streaming, only then did I watch more episodes, but I think even then, like, I would just kind of jump around. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've seen every episode all the way through the series, but I still feel like I know the entire series. Uh, but I, I, I enjoy, I think, some of the, the the unique comedy style of the show. I don't think there's any show out there that's like it, but I also have my criticisms of it, which we'll talk about. Um, but I know, Ty, you watched it for maybe the first time or just like really watched it for the first time recently. So what are your general thoughts? I don't, it's like one of those shows that are in the pop culture that you just know about, Uh especially as someone who likes watching HBO shows. I see it all the time when I go on HBO Max or when I was used to this, you know, when I used to watch Game of Thrones, you know, (laughs) just on, on TV or whatever. And yeah, and it just like kind of flew over my head, but I think it's also just, Knowing myself, like I like comedies, but like sitcoms, like we talk, like we talk about all the sitcoms we love as like, a kid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like once I got older, I was watching way more dramas. Like if it wasn't like a sitcom, sitcom that was on like maybe ABC, so like a Blackish, it's probably the closest of a sitcom that I watch like regularly for a mm-hmm. really long time. Or animated like Bob's Burgers. I don't think I really, you know, gravitated towards comedies like that. I think, especially something as weird as this, I don't think I would. <laughs> I don't think I would have liked it. Um, like even like in college, I don't think I would have gravitated towards. It's so ridiculous, but like in a in like a weird, charming way, but also like very much of his of the two thousands. Like yeah. it's very cringy. Um, it's very much millennial cringe <laughs> and I think that it being like improv is like crazy to me because like I'm used to dramas and dramas are very like strip script heavy you gotta follow yeah. the plot because we gotta weave in some of this stuff later so you can't drop things and you know all that stuff but having a show where you could tell 
that are like, what? <laughs> like, they feel like, excuse me? Like, their faces, when someone says something truly off the wall, they're like, they're rolling with it, but it's like, yeah. Um, I think I was watching like some clips or whatever, like the craziest moments. It was like, no, one of the um, ladies off of Two Broke Girls, I cannot think of her name right now, but she was like, she was like their, their server. She's like, oh, sorry, I just had diarrhea. <laughs> and, like, and you touched her why would you say like she's like supposed to be the waitress and so like it was very much like kind of like that kind of thing um but yeah i think it's first of all the theme song is iconic let me just get it out that way like when i think of like oh no i did something bad i have the curvy <laughs> yeah that's it i don't want to get copyrighted but <laughs> i have it like in my mind like every time or like especially that meme um where that um lady where that girl's like putting on the clown makeup and the curve enthusiasm. Yeah. Is, um, in the background, I think of that meme every time I do something stupid. And like I realize like as soon as I do it, I'm like, God damn it. I'm yeah. just collapsed. <laughs> but um Yeah, and it's also weird because like it didn't get cancelled. It is kinda like one of those things like it's such a product of Larry David that like he just stopped doing it and he's like, hey, I'm gonna do it again. Like cause like every time I researched it, it wasn't really like it was cancelled. It comes like yeah. it just stopped. Yeah. It's like then, a- yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but that's what the the show creators um have said, I think in a recent interview, that they'll they'll keep making seasons when they have ideas for seasons. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting to note about the show, like one of the one of their things is that they see each season as kind of almost like a mini series or almost like a, a puzzle, a standalone puzzle where there's going to be one storyline for that s- season that kind of goes throughout the whole season. And each episode is going to be like revealing bits and pieces of that general storyline. Um, and everything's going to be tied together by the end of the season. So I think since it's not like every season almost starts anew, they can just kind of like stop and then restart when they yeah. want to when they have ideas mm-hmm. um so it is interesting that that yeah it's not something that where people were like waiting on pins and needles for the next season so they just kind of took a break um especially in that weird space between 2017 and 2020 so they just kind of stopped and then restarted again mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I do think like you said though that that it's, it's very different from dramas and even comedies to other comedies today with the improv because like they were trying to emulate how people actually talk and you can see that in the show it's not mm-hmm. like there's seconds of silence there's like awkward pauses there's um times where people don't really know what to say and that's normal in conversation it's not always flowing like with witty comebacks and stuff so it really does allow it to stand out from other things today because there's not a lot out there like that yeah especially like when you look at some of the people who are on this show um who are on shows that i love like other comedies that i love like the uh, congressman um from parks and rec uh when i was watching i saw him I was like, oh my god he's a congressman from parks and rec <laughs> but like but in like he, i think he was like the doorman or something in mm-hmm. the show or like or like the girl from the lady from two broke girls or um a newer person um maria i watched like some of the older newer episodes um maria she's on Abbott Elementary, and she just has hilarious. <laughs> huh? She's not on it anymore. Oh, she's not? They disappeared her character so quick. 
Yeah. I think I think because she was like a teacher aide. So I don't think she's supposed to be there all the time. No, they Thanos snapped that girl. They got her, <laughs> they booted her. Nobody liked her. <laughs> anyway, <gasps> I but yeah. Anyway. Um, but I saw that she was on Curb. Yeah, um, yeah, Curb. on and the she, most recent. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, and like John Hamm, and of course like Vince Vaughn, the Ted Danson one was hilarious because then she winds up marrying him in like the later seasons, so I think it was, um. Yeah, I mean, and and it really is wild, um, and I guess it's like, you know, with the connections that the show probably had, but to see so many um, people that became huge stars after, not, I'm not saying that show is what, you know, rocketed their careers but just like Stephen Colbert shows up for just a minute playing some guy asking for a picture you on the street <laughs> you will <laughs> fail and it's just like it's like in almost every single episode you see someone who mm-hmm. like there are the big names already the people who were big at the time who are playing themselves but then just like big names now who were just playing little like little extras or side characters um that just show up all th- all throughout every single episode. And it's like, like it is really an amalgamation of Hollywood, the, of 2000s Hollywood. Um, and that's interesting, for sure. It's a time capsule of sorts. And I think it's also just like HBO in general, too, because it's paid cable, that you can yes. do a lot of things who are more like free to do things. I think the same thing with Entourage, because like when you see like the... I think it was a very different clientele for Entourage versus Kirby Enthusiasm, but like on Entourage, like you saw like Eminem M- 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 and stuff, but they were just like playing like this bombastic part of themselves because they were playing themselves, but they really wasn't playing themselves because it was supposed to be like, like you said, about the entertainment industry in general. But they got to have fun that you don't yeah. usually get to do on other, you know, TV networks because of the cursing and all that stuff. Like you can really say whatever you want, you know, with limits, but like, the limits are very small, smaller on HBO than it is on like ABC. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, speaking of all these characters that come in and out of the series and recur and all that, um, these famous celebrities. Uh, did you have any characters that stood out to you that you really enjoyed seeing on the screen or thought was like a really funny portrayal of that person? I think J.B. Smooth, I, I don't remember his name on the show. Leon. Uh, Leon. <laughs> I think Vinica um, Fox did an amazing job um, as, I think her name was Lakeisha um, on the show. Um, I think she was hilarious. Um, I think Cheryl, because I, I knew Cheryl yeah. from Suburgatory. So I yeah, I, I do. She <laughs> <laughs> like, it was it was funny because like she brought a lot of herself from curb to territory yeah. and I'm like no she's like this this hitting the points on <laughs> yeah. that show because from this one um and also like Jeff Garland like I knew him from like Daddy Daycare mm-hmm. <laughs> so to watch him from Daddy Daycare to be this like literally this like habitual philanderer <laughs> is hilarious um but I think yeah I think Leon is just so just like what like sometimes because i watched the judge duty episode mm-hmm. and he was just insane and then we realized that like he didn't even live in, in louisiana like he just came he was just like how he really was living in la <laughs> like what um and then i think Cheryl, because she's like is anyone's gonna be the person of reason i think it, i think it's Cheryl 
it's like the yeah cheryl hines is a rock star in this series i i get a little frustrated with the writing of her character in the at least the first two seasons um but i think it's just speak it's not her specific alone it's like also Susie and also basically any like any female on this show in the early seasons was very much like you could tell it was a it was a woman's role written by a man um because like both cheryl and Susie played like the the nagging wife who like was always arguing with their husband telling the husband they're wrong saying no to what the husband wants to do um and i think they allowed cheryl to be more to come through as more of the easygoing patient like understanding person in the later seasons that she like was um that it wasn't that she was just the nagging wife it's that just like larry david sometimes needs to stop harping on things and like so it was she became a foil to him rather than oh just another stereotypical nagging wife but i think like they also allowed other wife characters like Susie to get lost in that stereotype for a little bit too um because she's always screaming at jeff um and so it, that's a little aggravating in the early seasons but i think overall cheryl hines definitely star like is a rock star in the series um but interesting for larry david's not come up in favorite characters when he's like the star of the show but i think it's so hard to like him but you don't like not like him either he's just aggravating at times let's just say as a black woman living in america having a white man yell at me like that is something i just cannot <laughs> i just cannot like i think like, it's funny to watch but like i would never like that kind of character like i right. understand why mean but i personally would never you know be able to be like yes this man who's just like berating poor workers in these situations i just can't i just can't like yeah. even beyond like, me as a person in my race like even that like you know down with capitalism i don't know <laughs> but like but like the way that he'd be talking to like these like you know workers is crazy <laughs> right it it was very commonly surface workers at the receiving end mm. of his criticisms and his rants um and i i think it it i think was supposed to be in the first few seasons and in the time of that the, the 2000s coming off of the back of comedy stylings of larry david and of jerry seinfeld this observational everyday man criticisms of how society works but now what we kind of we kind of see it as like it's elitist and it's like it's um rude it's arrogant uh yeah and it's like you'd if you were with that person out in public you would be embarrassed to be with them um because of the way they're talking to people around them and you also wouldn't want that same criticism and ranting to be turned on you um because it's definitely some he's the type of person who feels comfortable just shouting his opinions at others and that's definitely not an energy we're trying to see anymore um, so yeah, that keeps him from being a treasured character on the show, for sure. But definitely not like the worst character on the show, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> then again, I don't know who the worst character would be. It's all very know. everyday stuff. There's no like there's no villains because it's like they're all doing and saying like mm -hmm you know good things and bad things like we all they're all just like normal regular everyday people so 
I can't think of anyone who's like starkly contrasting everyone else and being like a villain character. Also, like Richard Lewis, I think he's just hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's funny off the bat in the series because he's just like, listen, he gets mad at Larry David and he's like, listen, I love you. We've got 21 years of friendship, so whatever, we're going to be fine. But like, he's he's very like casual and when Larry David gives him his mm-hmm. kidney and then in like five seconds after he's like, can I borrow your putter? putter? And Richard Lewis is like, uh, listen, golf clubs are hard to come by. <laughs> it's just like i don't know you can't you can't help but but like him because he is so just he's laid back but he is always there for larry so a good friend yeah it's like yeah i don't know yeah i think it's just it's really hard kind of talk about this show because it is so like it's like like i said it's like a i think it's like it's like a family guy you know i i think boss progress has a little bit more of a through line but it's like family guy and like it kind of restarts after the next you know especially like yeah. the next episode especially the next season like it's like oh okay we're gonna throw that part away yeah you know, and we're gonna do something new like oh we had added this new character but other than that it's like oh we good you know so it's like i think that's um Inter- like that's interesting but it also makes it hard to talk about this show because of that do you think as someone who watched a lot of the old show do you think that it changed when it came back do you think it like or you think Larry Day is gonna do what Larry Day is gonna do and yeah I mean I think it it, it ha- I mean yeah I, I guess I, I don't know if we um want to get fully into like what the the reboot or t- kind of like you said more of a comeback story um is but like i definitely think i don't know if the characters changed but just the perception of them changed uh because now it's not when you're when you've got the backdrop of the 90s and you've got the backdrop of the social setting they're in the backdrop of what's hot and who's seen as like a celebrity now um, or or then in in the early two thousands, um, I guess I shouldn't say. I think I said nineties earlier. It's early two thousands, like exactly the Y two K. I think it's the perception is different. But then you've got this these most recent seasons. You've got Larry David like snapping selfie sticks and pushing over bird scooters, and his style of comedy isn't a style of comedy we see today really anymore that uh, um observational comedy but specifically the type of observational comedy that's coming out of like older white men who seem fed up with change (laughs) um and it's just kind of like i don't know it feels like it hasn't kept up with the times but it's like also refusing to keep up with the times uh so it's kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to judge, really. Do you think it's harder? Because, you know, I don't know when you first started watching Curb. Did you say when you first started watching um, I, I really honestly cannot remember uh, because <laughs> it was just originally catching catching the occasional episode on TV. I can't remember when I first registered it as being a show that I watched. Um mm-hmm. I, I I would guess probably maybe 15. Okay, so I think 
do you think that it's harder for him now because or maybe it could have been like I guess it's the same thing but now like he's not, not in the I guess technically I guess in the 2000s he wasn't really in like the hip you know age demographic but like <laughs> now these new people could say like hey you you said something really shitty on like Twitter or something so he like, he can't um, you know and the same thing like with us, like we can watch it as a kid and be like, oh, look at those 2,000 people and look how crazy they are. But then kind of like the Santa Claus and the Santa Claus is like when he's making fun of these people, it's like you're making fun of me, <laughs> but it not in like a funny way that I will laugh at it, you know? Because like when Gen Zers make fun of millennials, it's funny. Like, you know, and like when millennials make fun of ourselves, it's funny, but like, this like sixty year old, almost seventy year old man making fun of us. I'm like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, and, and that's like because I, you know, and just thinking about like the bird scooters thing that I mentioned. I hate bird scooters. I, when I, whenever I see a young person go by me in a bird scooter, whoever I'm with, I'm about to say something to them about it because like it's such You've an annoying thing. I, I'm always like, God, I hate this. <laughs> and so, but it's like, but I'm, I'm a young millennial, you know, and like that's it's like it's like but when you have like like you said an old man an old person it's kind of like it just becomes a boomer <laughs> shouting at everyone else like it becomes a get off my lawn you kids kind of like criticism rather than like oh just like you know i don't know it's there's just a difference to it for sure and it's also that and this could be i am a millennial so i've been listening to this for my adult life, but it could also they could have also been saying this about, you know, my my parents are Gen Xers, um, so they could have been saying it about them, or they could have been saying it about boomers or whatever, whatever. But it's like, um, we hear all the time about how everything is our fault. Like everyone yeah. hates on people so often. So to watch a show does not really making fun of it but also like saying like we're not that bad <laughs> it's like hard to watch like, I'm, like i hear it all the time like okay yeah bird scooters but the reason why we have bird scooters is because no one could afford a car <laughs> or like right people have one place to another and taxis are really expensive they're not two dollars anymore like when you were a child <laughs> yeah um you know, like you ruined the market for everybody but i think that's just me being you know a crotchety millennial but you know but yeah but like i said it could you know they they talked about like nirvana ruining you know the hearts and minds of children or Marilyn man's <laughs> just way you know that's like gen xers time so they've yeah. still been people have been shooting on the young people all the time but um i felt like millennials got it so much so like so seeing another boomer making fun of millennials is like okay Right. <laughs> yeah that's not the voice that we want to hear criticism coming out of like mm. it definitely matters who's delivering the criticism for sure oh and, and that also made me think of like how the um it's it is funny to see situations where someone assumes something like m makes an, a misassumption about someone's intention and like there's a misunderstanding and um and larry david has a lot of those like he he makes a wrong move or says something um 
like out of con or and someone takes it out of context or something like that. But I noticed in these like most recent seasons that something that happens a lot is that there is a misassumption or an accident, but that that when when incorrectly assumed or when misinterpreted would come off as him doing or saying something offensive. And then the other person is seen as like overreacting to that thing. Like it's kind of like, like there's a particular moment um, in the most recent season where he's at a party and there's a young waitress and he's been watching the pigs on a blanket on her tray the whole evening. But she has thought that he's been watching her. And it's like, yeah, of course, because mm-hmm. we're in a climate where young women, if they see like an old man at a party eyeing them the whole night and following them around, he literally says in the beginning of the episode that he'd been following the waitress around. Um, that's going to make her uncomfortable. So he comes mm-hmm. into the kitchen with her alone and she's like, you need to get out of here. Um, and she's and he's like, oh, no, no, I'm just uh, I know what the pigs in the blanket. And when she leaves, he reaches out and he grabs her boob. And oh, no. she's like, she's like, like mortified, obviously. But then I think it's, it's, you get that awkward music that like, that it's like, oh, Larry David did it again. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and we're meant to as the viewers be like, oh, yeah, Larry David just messed up. He's just getting himself in these situations. But I think just to, to kind of try to tell us that like, oh, old men never, never mean no harm. They're just accidentally messing. They're, they're just being misinterpreted. They're just trying to, you know. And young women are are making assumptions about their intentions. And I feel like then the woman is seen as overreacting to, oh, Larry David, he's harmless. Not all old men are harmless, you know? So I, I think we get that in several instances of, of these misunderstandings is that he kind of still grabbed her boob, though. And, like, he kind of still did come into the kitchen alone with her and make her uncomfortable and refuse to leave when she said, you're making me uncomfortable. Um yeah, and there's just count- there's a myriad of episodes where he did do something problematic and offensive. It's just m- maybe it was taken out of context, but he still did did do or say the thing, and the person is just seen as overreacting. And I don't really, I think that doesn't vibe with well anymore too, because in present day, you know, he is an older white man. Mm-hmm. Like let's we can't just forgive his missteps because he's a quirky old man. They didn't mean any harm by it. I don't know. It was a long rant, but hopefully it might sense. I mean, that's the same thing about Susie too, um, especially like in the the first couple of seasons. Because like, is she like a crabby, naggy bitch? Because and that's why Jeff cheats on her, or is she a naggy, crabby because he cheats on her? Like you know, like it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of situation. And like you were saying, like in this in a couple of first seasons, due to the editing, it was making it seem like it was her fault. But I'll be mad too if my husband keep on cheating on me. <laughs> like, like I'll be, I mean, like there's a constitution being bad. I mean, today model we would have been, you know, leave him. Like, why are you still with him? But um, in two thousands, I would be mad too and make his life living hell too. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, but you know. But I think it's also just, and this is where who likes the show and who's like, you know, talking about the show really plays into my mind of how I perceive the show, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. We all know how much I like Rick and Morty, <laughs> but I talked about this in a community episode where 
some of the people who like Rick and Morty makes me not like Rick and Morty because yeah. then I then the 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 jokes that I thought were satirical makes me feel like they are not satirical because the people who like them are bigoted. Yeah. <laughs> so like so it's like damn like. I thought this was a funny satire, but then it's also like, but this asshole douche that I know liked his show, and he's taking it seriously. Should I be taking it seriously? And I think the same thing sometimes a little bit with heavier enthusiasm. Like, sometimes the people who really like it, the way they talk about it, it makes me like, yeah, like, like especially like on like social media. Like, I don't really think, I don't think a lot of my friends are watching Curb, but <laughs> on <social> media, <laughs> people talking about Curb, um besides the writing style it's like it's so real and honest and he's so funny and it's like as you know and then going back to like as me as as a person who i am that would be very uncomfortable like you never as a white as a white person you know or especially a white man yeah it's funny to look at the larry Derry doing something serious i look at it as the like you said as the the girl that he grabbed her boo (laughs) yeah like it's not gonna be awkward to me like you know so it's like oh well here you go again but then maybe i'm just a part of the woke agenda <laughs> i can't i can't be it's not I a part of the woke agenda nice. <laughs> <laughs> she always kind of it's like one of those things where like if i if someone hears me complaining about it even if i like it even though i thought it was like it was funny people like look at the woke agenda yeah we're in the fuck we had. Yeah, we can't enjoy nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that. All that's I have like, to say, I, I, I did laugh. I laughed at every episode that I watched. <laughs> right, no, and it, it it has some very funny moments, and it does speak to the everyday awkwardness that we sometimes find ourselves in. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are, like, misunderstandings, and there are, oh, someone says, uh, like made a social error just in like yeah. oh they didn't realize that they were supposed to say goodbye before they left the party um and someone someone took that the wrong way a lot of the times it's like larry david accidentally sliding someone he didn't know he slighted and then they're like later yeah i kind of felt some type of way about that and it's like we've all kind of done that before like we've all made mistakes like that but it's just when it does when it gets in that territory of speaking to a specific social issue it's like you kind of have to first already be a little on edge with just because of who's writing the show and the voice it's coming from, like what exactly is the commentary they're having on this social issue? Um, and you kind of just, there's a bit of attention to it. And sometimes too, like, 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 yeah. Um, they like Larry David is being offensive and you see kind of this maybe lens that, people shouldn't be so hard on him. There's a there's a specific epi- a, there's actually a couple episodes that specifically speak to um certain derogatory things and they're not handled well at all. Um and one is the is called the bisexual or something and in 2017 like literally Rosie O'Donnell is like we all know bisexuality doesn't exist or something that just brazenly and Larry David's like yeah and it's like what in 2017 um and then there's like an episode I think in season five or six called the n-word um and Larry David says the n-word multiple times you what I'm so happy I didn't even even come across my 
my research of the show. Right. I think they're trying to bury it. No, yeah. I mean, it's they're right there in the middle of a season, and, and it's like since seasons don't really reference each other, the issue is moved past after that. But it's a whole, a whole episode where he says the N-word several times, but he's recounting a story where he heard someone say it. But in doing it, he's saying it several times and it's like oh like the whole idea is like oh people were just missing taking out of context he was quoting someone it doesn't matter he was still saying the n-word so it's like there's several episodes that i think they are problematic in themselves but since they are isolated people can just skip over those episodes and still feel okay about the show as a whole but it's like we also still have to recognize that even though they're skippable they were still very much part of the show and it still speaks to the writing and speaks to the voice of the show. So you got to be on edge a little bit with this show. Yeah. It's like, like I said, I think it's a great show to put on in the background while you're like doing dishes. Because like I said, like it's just nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. So you don't really have to think when you watch it. Like, I think this would be a great show to like crochet to. Just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I'm on something else while I'm playing video games, but I just wanted some background noise um and then when you look over you can laugh because like i said the jokes are funny i'm not saying that they're not funny i don't know who the editors are but chef kiss because this show is hilarious <laughs> but also i can also what's what's the saying i can walk and chew gum at the same time like i can enjoy something but also critique it at the same time yeah yeah there are definitely some funny moments <laughs> and it's a very, a very unique comedic structure that we do not see on television there's not nothing really to compare it to i mean it, the dryness kind of reminds me of nathan for you but then the the shooting style and the storylines maybe sometimes remind me of arrested development but there's no show that's quite like it so it does it does kind of i think that keeps its relevance and it's like you said it's an easy stress-free show to watch because you don't have to keep up with the story you can just look up at any one moment and there's probably a funny conversation happening um and you can completely tune out of it at other times so it has its merit and i think it's also like it's also easy for me to watch because I don't anymore, but I used to be a very big reality TV show watcher. And I feel like it's very much like a reality TV show. Like, if you just yeah. change the, the dopey music to a dun-dun-dun, <laughs> after, after someone says something dumb, and you see the other person's face, like, think of Real Housewives, like, the music, yeah. you know, transitions. It'll be a reality TV show. It just, the dopey music makes it funny, you know? Uh, right. And I also lack of laughing when I watch reality TV shows. Like, <laughs> Real Housewives of Atlanta or like Dance Moms, like just add a little bit of serious music. It would have been a reality because it's shoot, it's shot just like it. And I think also yeah. because it's improv, it's supposed to be kind of that kind of yeah thing. Because I've heard that that's you know allegedly a lot of reality shows kind of filmed that way. It's like there's um a kind of like oh we're meeting this person you kind of already knew you were gonna meet this person there and you know this person's secretly gonna come and like all that other stuff like maybe not you know scripted but it is planned out and i feel like that's kind of how this show is yeah no that's very interesting to compare it to reality tv i i but i know exactly what you mean and which is which is odd because it's like you wouldn't think the show would ever find itself in the same conversation as reality tv but yeah it's it's just a series of conversation like us observing conversations 
unscripted. That is reality TV. Uh, it's very like people who are who like to people watch would like like this show because it's like that's what you're doing with reality TV and that's what you're doing with the show. You're just watching people be people. Um, <laughs> and like you're watching intimate conversations just over and over. This person's talking to this person and the next scene now we get another conversation happening here. Um, and that's reality TV for sure. So it, it it's interesting to draw a line between the two, but you're totally right. I think that kind of style though makes it so like there's not a lot of distinctly memorable things except for the offensive and problematic things which stand out um but like there's not a lot of distinctly memorable scenes because it's just it is very all like yeah (laughs) um are there any like overarching like plot lines that you remember enjoying um that you can i guess the i guess the I didn't watch a lot of it, but like the Vuga A Fox, I think she was like a Hurricane Katrina survivor and they bring her mm-hmm. to their house. So it's also when they do the cake, I guess, like the cake comes from like an erotic bakery. Oh, yeah. But, it, <laughs> but then Jeff brings in the cake with it. He didn't know. He just picked it up. And Jeff, and then Larry's like, no, like, don't open the box. So the kids like, cake, cake, cake. Um, and I get also because that's like where Leon comes into play. So I think that one it was pretty. It's pretty funny. Um, but it's also really hard for me to say memorable because I watched them all in like a month. <laughs> like, like, I have, like I can't run. Like you know, it's not memorable because like you know when I think of memorable, I think of like One Tree Hill, like things I've been talking about for yeah. decades. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now though everything you've watched is equally fresh in your mind because you just yeah. watched it all. So who's to say what's going to stand out for you like six months from now? For sure. Um, so, you know, the seasons can kind of be separated though because they have like the major thing that's happening for Larry David, especially in the early seasons mainly, but like also in the recent ones, um, like with, I think season five is like him doing the producer's musical. Um, season eight or something is like him doing the reboot the Seinfeld reboot which is interesting that we get a Seinfeld reboot via Curb Your Enthusiasm they actually like show full scenes I don't know if that ever actually was a thing or if it just existed in the universe of Curb Your Enthusiasm but they show full scenes like this is a Seinfeld reboot they have the whole entire storyline um but I actually specifically enjoyed that storyline because it's a moment between him and Cheryl. Of course, it doesn't come to fruition because Larry David fucks it up in the last literal 30 seconds of the season. But, like, of him reconnecting with Cheryl and, like, directing the show with her in it. And then at the end, she comes back to him and she's like, I was doing it all for you as well. And they, like, literally are about to get back together. And then he's like, he accuses her of putting a ring stain on someone's table. And she's like, what am I... <laughs> She's like, what, what am I doing this is for? And then next season, they're divorced. Like, it's over. Um, and she's dating so, and dancing, right? Yeah, who she was, I, I believe she was dating in real life oh. in the earlier seasons. So they kind of, like, recall to that by getting her, having her get with him, right? I think, no, I think in the earlier seasons, from what I watched, because I watched the episode when he came in, I think they were doing really good friends. And they're like, no, there's nothing going up between us. But I think it was one of those things where people like, oh, yeah, you're a guy, you know, if you have opposite best friends, wait till you break up with them and they're going to get 
together with their, you know, I think it was supposed to be like kind of one of those things. Mm. I don't think they dated. I think they were just really good friends. Gotcha. I didn't know she's married to a Kennedy. She's married to Robert Kennedy in real life. Oh, good for her. <laughs> no, he's kind of controversial. Oh, no. <laughs> Known for promoting anti vaccine propaganda. <laughs> Not Robert Kennedy. <laughs> Junior. I think, yeah. Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, not good for her then. I mean, who, who's to say what Sherilyn's views are, though? So, um, I, there's a, speaking of politics, not to get too political oh, viewers, yes. but there's a funny scene when Larry David is like during the producer's run and he, uh, the, the one of the worst storylines ever when he has this 10 month anniversary gift from Cheryl or not 10 months, sorry, 10 year anniversary gift where he can cheat on her one time. Um, so he's trying to trying to <laughs> do that and he's getting with this girl and like he finally gets with her and they're making out in her room. And then he sees a picture of George Bush and he goes, George Bush. And she's like, yeah. And he goes, are you a Republican? she goes yeah and he's like all right i'm out of (laughs) here like he had the entire season been trying to hook up with this girl and uh it was just just funny um how they i think that speaks to the the kind of typical pattern and rhythm they have of like make tricking us into thinking larry david is finally going to get what he was after and then just like the last little bit Mm -hmm. last beat there's a oh actually larry david's being larry david again right yeah so it's interesting and it's it's very interesting to have success over not giving your viewers what they're expecting <laughs> like not giving their your viewers what they were wanting is something satisfying mm-hmm. and then it's just like actually never mind we're gonna frustrate you instead <laughs> i mean but that's the same thing with like i said like a long-running animated adult comedy yeah where like family guys south park bob's burgers because like even in bob's burgers like in the movie they save this rich guy's life and all he did was pay them one month's rent just one month <laughs> not yeah. to change their life not to like you know like say like hey i'm just gonna give you the building because you saved my life or anything like that they have to do just a little bit a little bit to like say like yeah they got they made their rent you know they have to yeah. do I don't want to talk too much about the Bob's Burger movie, but like, like <laughs> enough to be like, yeah, it has a happy ending, but not enough to change the trajectory of the show because we can have the rich now because it's right. Bob's Burger, not before. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually that's a great way of putting it because I had never thought about that, but that totally makes sense that in those shows, that's why they can't really ever give the characters those amazing prizes and those like have amazing things happen to them because if their life changes in any type of fundamental or like huge way it changes the show they can't have life-changing events they can't win the lottery they can't do that and like yeah larry david can't have this like miraculous moment where he gets exactly what he wants because he that's not the story if they're going to continue having episodes he's got to stay kind of the same there has to be an equilibrium of not really getting what you want um, and that's exactly like you're totally right comparing it to like shows like Bob's Burgers because yeah they can't they can't get a million dollars they wouldn't be able to be Bob's Burgers after that yeah <laughs> or like you know same thing with Larry David like they can't, him and Shira cannot get back together because 
that would be a happy ending. Like, you know, that would be like kind of like the end of the show. Like you only get that 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 crescendo in the series finale. You don't get yeah. that stuff. They have to go some back. Like, I mean, you know, Cyril, they could get back together and they could break up again and stuff like that. But if they didn't want to do that, they're like, no, I'm re- you're reminding me why I broke up with you in the beginning. <laughs> We're gonna leave this alone. Um but yeah, and, 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 and you know, yeah, it's frustrating, but that's why you come back because you want to see Larry David be Larry David. He can't learn lessons. Yeah. <laughs> he can't get his confidence. <laughs> if he gets too much of a confidence, right. then like, the, the same thing with Seinfeld. Like, the last episode of Seinfeld, them going to jail. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> they do something petty and then they bring all these people in. They're like, no, they're horrible people. And then they go to jail. <laughs> and I feel like that's the same thing with. Um, that you need that, you know, you need, yeah. you know, same thing with Family Guy, like, they only win enough money for them to get their house back. Nothing, yeah, for nothing everything to go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, because that's also a thing, too. Not only can they never have, like, amazing things happen to them, they can also never have something too bad happen to them. Um, like, it all has to be set back to status quo right at the end. Um, so they also nothing's ever going to be incredibly high stakes because they have to be exactly the same in the next episode. Um, so that's Brian why you're also never too worried about Larry. Mm-hmm. Like there was one episode they tried to get us to think he was dead. And of course he says the wrong thing to his angel guides. They're like, no, we're going to send you back down. And then he's back to life because <laughs> it has to go back to the status quo. And there's something comforting about that. And I think that's why people are drawn to shows like Bob's Burgers. Of course, Bob's Burgers also has incredible writing and incredible humor. <laughs> but like, but South Park, Family Guy, those we see those shows always at the top of list when people say what shows they're rewatching all the time. And it's because there is an equilibrium to it. It is always going to be reset back to it's nothing too bad happens, nothing too good happens. Interesting. Even in Rick and, even in Rick and Morty, like not to go too much in, into adult adult um, anime, comics, <laughs> but like, like in Rick and Morty, like they even if everything gets killed off and something bad happens, they find a new universe where everything is normal and they go kill off the old Rick and Morty and they take over their lives to make it normal. <laughs> like So they can be living in normalcy. Like, I think it's like kind of the same thing. I mean, of course, it's a, a sci-fi twist where they're going to a dimension and, you know, going, you know, and killing off the old Rick and Morty so they can assume their lives. But it is some sort of an equilibrium if you, if you want to say something. But yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think that's why like people like it. That's why people come back, and I think that's also why like a show like Arrested Development can't work for so long because they were putting them through the ringer, and yeah. there's no way to put them back to the place that you found them at. Yeah, because they were doing some drastic shit on that show, and then same thing with like you know any other other show like Brooklyn Nine Nine and um parks and rec like for them it was more good things that was happening to them yeah they were moving on better on with their lives so they were better than where you found them at but those shows have to have an end point and you can't go for 20 years like of curb your enthusiasm because it's not really a reboot it's just like oh we saw him 10 years ago and like oh i see a friend now you know 10 years later see what he's up to you know it's not like a oh they ended and she was president. Like, how are they going to come back from that? You know? Like, yeah. in Parks and Rec. If Parks and Rec ever wants to do a reboot, like, where will they start from? 
<laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and all, on those shows you named, like, Parks and Rec, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I, I would also think, like, shows like Superstore, I think, um, is that what it was called, like, with America Ferreira, where they chose mm-hmm. to end it because they had given their characters happy endings. I think those shows also have characters that have aspirations and have, like, places they want to get to and to be and you have to eventually let your characters get to those if they have those but in shows like bob's burgers and shows like curb your enthusiasm i don't know i guess we shouldn't keep bringing up bob's burgers because that's not what this episode's about but like curb your enthusiasm the character larry david doesn't have a lot of like current aspirations like yes big things will happen to him every now and then like he gets the producer's um spot he gets like you know everyone together to do the seinfeld reboot but he's not necessarily going after those things. They just kind of happen. And he's like, sure. I mean, a huge thing in the first three seasons is that Cheryl keeps asking him, like, like, what are you going to do Like, now? He's like, I don't know. Whatever. And I think when you have a character like that, they can just kind of stay at that equilibrium. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to become something, have life-changing events, because they're almost satisfied. Bob's Burgers, Bob is happy with the restaurant. Like, occasionally there's episodes where he's like, oh, I'm going to be an outdoorsman or something like that. But, like, he's, at the end of the day, he's got his dream and it was to have a restaurant. So he can kind of stay at that status quo. Um, Family Guy, American Dad, they're all kind of where they want to be in life. But, like, other shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they all, they're, they, some of them want to get married and have kids and move up in the workforce and stuff like that. You have to let life-changing things happen to them. So they're going to eventually have an expiration date when they achieve those things. So it is interesting that the styles of show that have to end and the ones that don't. And it is because <laughs> they don't mention those things. I, I mean, and maybe they do, but, but, but because it's more about every day, it's not that big swath of time that's going past. Yeah. Like this literally could this 365 days and you just see him day after day, after day, after day. And of course, there's only small progressions. It's not that many progressions, you know, yeah. like, you know, Percy Rack, where technically you only really see them like Monday through Friday because that's when they work. <laughs> so I think in terms of like reboot, reboot for Curb Your Enthusiasm, like it, it is, it is weird to call it a reboot because like you said, it, it didn't really ever like officially end. It just kind of like almost like took a long hiatus and then came back. Um, they just picked up where it was left off they didn't even have like a big like oh we're back like kind of thing it was just the first episode felt felt like the same tone the same pattern the same rhythm as the as the previous episodes um do you think well they are they got renewed for 12th season do you think they're nearing the end do you think it's going to keep going do you think it's still giving what it gave um i think I think it is. I think it's, like I said, I think it's one of those shows that are just, like, a constant, you know? Yeah. Nothing too drastic is changing. Um, I think maybe they might need some younger people who are more recurring, maybe, to be on the show just to give it that flavor. But I think it's, it's doing what it needs to do. It, it has that voice of of a crotchety old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not to be so But I feel like even... Because I think the millennial version, I guess, or maybe not even millennial, they're not even millennial, they're Gen Xers, but the Gen X version, but like that show that millennials love, that can p- compare, the best show that compared to Curb Your Enthusiasm 
is it's always sunny in philadelphia and i also feel like they're also going on their like 14th season uh-huh. and i feel like both of those shows can keep on going because it's about shenanigans yeah and as long as you know nothing too drastic happens it, you know you know and they don't do something stupid as in like in like the production aspect i mean can, can yeah. keep on going until it wants to go until it wants to leave and it's like oh yeah and i i do i think they've kind of recognized though a little bit that this is a, a different world that they're producing the show mm-hmm. in and they've kind of pulled back the line they're dancing on in terms of like what exactly they have larry david say and do um mm-hmm. to be in a better context but still refusing to allow larry david to be suddenly like woke you know but like also being careful enough where i don't think they're gonna do anything that's gonna have them completely become like distasteful uh so yeah i mean i think the only thing working against the show is that it is centered around larry david so as soon as larry david can no longer be in it it's over um Mm. unlike like shows like always sunny in philadelphia i think they could like write out certain characters and bring in other characters and still kind of keep the central theme of the show but larry david's the heart of it and it's about him so if he mm-hmm. dies or like is unable to act anymore or doesn't want to be in it anymore it's over yeah they can't keep it going past him that. because yeah like a tv show yeah but i think as long as he wants to do it there will always be a space for it and i think hbo even though hbo and with this <laughs> discovery acquisition is like cutting everything Kirby enthusiasm is alive and well, but I think it is because it is so incredibly unique that mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's, and I think this like Nathan Felder, I think he's always going to have a, a TV production, give him a, or a, 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 yeah, a production company, give him a deal because he's going to produce something that is unlike anything else you've seen on the show. And I think Kirby enthusiasm, it's filling a very niche spot that right now it doesn't have any competition. So I think it's just going to kind of continue coasting there. Um, and I also think it's it's cheap. Like, like there's no CGI. And they probably don't really have to pay, like, these big-name actors. They're, like, they're doing it because it's fun, and they get to do whatever they want. And it's for Larry David, I doubt... I mean, of course, they're getting a paycheck, but yeah. it's probably not, like, Game of Thrones money that they're throwing at Matt Smith to be in this part of you know, <laughs> in those, um, you know the Dragon Show. I can't even. That's how you know that I'm not watching it. I don't can't even think of the, the, the House the of Dragon or whatever. The House of Dragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love Matt Smith. I can't wait to do Doctor Who. Um, yeah, like it's just you know we're you know that's just gonna be that like you know like it keep it, it's cheap like. They just have to film more in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, like, they, they probably have, like, four writers on the show. Like, at most. When other shows have to have, like, a team of writers working, like, around the clock every week to produce scripts. It's probably, like, these four writers getting together at the beginning of the season and being like, yeah, here's gonna be, like, the storylines. And then <laughs> just have at yeah. it. <laughs> and also, like, in curb i was when i was you know doing a thing i don't think the the script if you can even call it that comes out like the week they film to keep it fresh like they don't even like people don't even go on maybe larry david know whatever 
but you you get all said like okay this is what we're doing the two paragraphs of just setting the scene up so you know what you're getting yourself into but other than that have fun to do like you know it's not you know flying people to you know Malta to be in a desert so if we want to get the if we want HBO to reverse their decision to trash the Degrassi reboot then we need to figure out how to make Degrassi more like Curb Your Enthusiasm (laughs) oh yeah they announced in November it's gone they're not doing it anymore grabbed I know. I hate it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I literally um, even started showing HB, on HBO Max because they were going to bring back the reboot. Like, it could have stayed wherever it was. I don't remember where it was. It could have stayed there. It was with Netflix. Like, why would you, no, the new class was on Netflix, but the original wasn't on Netflix. The original was... It was free on YouTube. Free on YouTube. It still is, right? I think so. Honestly, YouTube, this is my call to you, YouTube. YouTube, you need to start producing shows and movies. And I know, like, to some level, you have, like, miniseries and stuff on YouTube. But YouTube, you've got money. You've got a platform. What? What's stopping you? Put together a crew. Start putting out your own content, YouTube. I do. YouTube Red. Do you not watch YouTube Red? It has, YouTube Red. What is YouTube Red? The thing that you're asking for is on YouTube Red. That's a streaming service, right? But, like, are they producing originals on YouTube Red? Yes! Yes! Okay, all right. Most of it has, like, YouTube well, influencers I'm in it. So that's paying for it. I was expecting something for free. Um, <laughs> like, on YouTube. On YouTube.com. Just, <laughs> like, you know, like, Apple TV or whatever. That uh, would be a great place for Degrassi. Apple, if you're listening to this. Apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen <laughs> up. <laughs> Every production company that is not HBO, listen up. The Degrassi reboot is on the table. It's here. The HBO dropped it. Somebody pick it up. Somebody. <laughs> I mean, they dropped fully made TV shows, seasons of TV shows and movies. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. And what sucks is they're probably going to be successful. Like, everybody's like, oh, this is going to lead to the death of them. Uh, no, they're probably going to be fine, honestly, because, like, they're going to probably keep producing something and we're going to keep eating it up. Um, so it's like, it sucks that, like, they're doing this, but, like, they'll never, like, it's not going to hurt them. And just, like, people are so upset that Netflix is changing to, <laughs> we've, I know we've stopped talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm, but <laughs> Netflix is, is changing to, um, or not, they said by March they'll have rolled out their uh, program that makes you pay per house, per location that's using the Netflix account. So when it recognizes that you're watching from a different location, it'll ask you if you want to add a home for a fee every month. So every home that you've got added, you have to, it adds a fee. And then if you travel and access your Netflix account, that's okay. But as long as you have not been to that location before in the past year, then you can use your Netflix account there for two weeks without having to add a home. But if you're traveling and you're there for longer than two weeks, you then have to add a home for that location you're in. So you get two weeks free in a a new location as long as you have not been to that location in the last year. So also people who regularly visit their parents or regularly visit family, 
are kind of SOL if they're trying to sign into their Netflix account uh, on their personal laptop, or they'll just have to add a home. What? Yeah, what and people are like, this is going to be the death of Netflix. No, it's not. Netflix has been around for a long time, and I think some I young think... people forget that it used to be a DVD delivery service. If it has, if it survived the change from that to streaming, it's going to survive evolutions. It'll be fine, but like... I think, I think this might be I think this might be it. I think, or people are just gonna have VPNs to keep them. Is it gonna be VPNs are gonna be way more trickier? Like they're gonna like make yeah. sure, or they're gonna like hunger down on VPNs so you can't, you know, or yeah. because like you know, college kids. I know this is you probably gonna take this all out, but what about college kids who like live with their parents but then they go to school? They'll have to add away. a home, add the location of their school as a as a, a separate home. If they want to keep using it. Yeah. I know. And I think, yeah, they're not accounting for situations where people aren't password sharing. They just have different places that they are throughout the year. Um, And I also think they're underestimating how creative young people can be when it comes to getting things for free. Like <laughs> if, if they're, they'll either figure out how to bypass this new requirement, like you said, VPN, stuff like that. Or we're gonna see a lot more bootleg stuff out there. Like we're oh, gonna yes. see some theft. It's gonna be popping. Live wire. <laughs> I know live wire is not a thing anymore, but live wire, whatever the new live right. wire is. Right. And we're gonna bleep that for sure. <laughs> we can take all of this out. This has nothing to do with curb. Oh, this is interesting. Take- hey, listen, this is what curb your enthusiasm is. It's improv conversations. It's off the cuff. It's tangents. It's uh, just people being people. You know, oh, this is where we're being right now. We're curbing okay. our enthusiasm. <laughs> you sound like a car commercial. <laughs> I mean, but I think I think we said what we needed to say about the show. You know? Yeah. Um, a lackluster, uh, end to a lackluster show. Not lackluster. Lackluster is a negative connotation. A, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just, it just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's what we said, because this feels like a reality TV show. You can tune in at any time. Yeah. Just like, what, you know, just like, oh, what Nini do? I know Nini's not on Housewife in Atlanta anymore. <laughs> yeah, or even like going all the way back, like, oh, what is Elsie doing? You know, is she still fighting with Christian on Laguna Beach? Yeah. Like, and honestly, it is very real Housewives are keeping up with the Kardashians, but without the drama. Like, yeah. If, if everything was just like, re- if, if it was keeping up with the Kardashians, if all their drama was just like, fighting over who lost the Sopranos DVD or something like that. Like if it was just all very like everyday drama, but it really, it really is. I mean, it's also just about music too, because I don't know if you watch a lot of like TikToks or YouTube, whereas like music is everything and they show like a iconic scene, but it's really, but did they change the music or like the TikToks where um, from American Psycho where he's like walking down and he looks really tough but then the song that's playing like oh this is how i look but this is what i'm listening to is like omg by new jeans which is a girly girly pop k-pop you know group <laughs> and they're just like you know this this just listening to like the most sugar gum pop music but then they have like a very stern face like i think that's kind of like the difference between curb your enthusiasm and keeping up with the kardashians if they added yeah. more serious music to curb 
while he's doing these weird things, I bet yeah. you it would, it would feel a little bit more serious. Someone should do that if they haven't already done that. Like cuts, like edits of Curb Your Enthusiasm scenes, but with like really dramatic music, like the music from like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like the like dun dun, like the yeah. like really dramatic music, <laughs> as if it was all. Um, like I don't know if y'all have ever ever seen the TikToker, um, what's his name, like Bo- Bowmanizer or something, but he does like the he does fake like reality, like Keeping Up with the Kardashian scenes, kind of like oh, that yes. vibe but like over really minimal drama. And I think that's what it would be like. Um, yeah, so someone should make edits like that. Go, I, I'm putting that task out to the people. Um, but I think we are moving on to the activity segment of our podcast. <laughs> and let me oh, call it activity. <laughs> um, you, I, I, I hear you have something fun for us to do. Yeah, I thought that you know, it's going to be, we usually do quizzes or trivia. I mean, it's hard to do that. I mean, I I feel like BuzzFeed probably have something about it, but it's hard because, you know, the show is so irreverent. It's hard to find, you know, it's, it would be weird to do a trivia. And also just like, what character are you? It's like, I, yeah. I kind of yeah. want to be, I don't want to be anyone, actually. Maybe that's why I don't want to be one, because I don't. So I decided to do something kind of like her. Uh, uh, they call it organized chaos. We're gonna do Mad Libs. Mad Libs, uh, yeah. And this is um a Mad Lib about a personal ad, which we thought would really be funny because like we feel like this probably would be like, oh, Larry David, come in and do this like, oh, I gotta sell this couch or whatever, you know? Yeah. Funny. So, <laughs> and Rachel will be are mad liver yes so, i will be saying things without knowing the context which nope. is very very curvy enthusiasm what give me an adjective an adjective i'm gonna go with plucky of course the english major maybe i decided maybe i don't like <laughs> a verb ending in ed a verb ending in ed hanged <laughs> which is I'm only not- ever past tense if you're referring to someone being hung or hanged so not a great verb <laughs> Why would you- <laughs> I don't know okay. it's the first thing that came into my mind <laughs> a noun plural a noun plural um, I'm going to have to say handcuffs okay a liquid <laughs> A liquid? Yeah. Maple syrup. Does that count as a liquid? Right. It's kind of viscous. Is that the word? It's a little thick. Uh, I mean, it's a syrup. Can so... I change it? Yeah. Gasoline. Another noun plural. Another noun plural. I'm going to have to say hoses. Hoses? Oh, hoses. Uh, uh, plural noun, right? Hoses. Multiple hoses. <laughs> like a garden hose. Okay, okay, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. Tires. Tires, okay. All right, I'm a famous person. A famous person? Uh, how famous? It just says famous person. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to have to go with Bobby Flay. <laughs> the chef. 
I know who he is. <laughs> place. A place? Um, my childhood home in Greensboro. I'm just going to put Greensboro. Okay. <laughs> you can put the sentimental value if you want to. Occupation. Occupation? Why am I blanking on every occupation that exists on this earth? <laughs> I don't know if I care, but that's because of you. I know, but that's so like, ugh. Um, <laughs> I think I'll I'll have to say, banker. A noun. A noun. Mm-hmm. There's so many nouns out here in the world. Um, people place things. A gar garbage garbage. Garbage. <laughs> Nationality. Nationality. American. Uh, Let's do Swiss. Swiss. Female celebrity. Female celebrity. Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Came so close. Have you been watching um, Princess Diaries? I actually did. Last week I watched both Princess Diaries 1 and 2. Yeah. Phenomenal noun. Another noun. <laughs> Bowl. No. Bowling ball. Okay. Female friend. A female friend? Mm-hmm. Oh, like a real life friend? I don't know. I guess. Like just you the name of a friend? Yeah, this is a female friend. A friend? You, you, I'm just going to put Ty. Um, okay, bold of you to say we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. Oral enemies. <laughs> <laughs> No, that actually is good. Enemies. <laughs> okay. Number. Number. 14. Um, one million. In the adjective. Late. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I should not have read. Okay. Here is our personal ad. I enjoy long, plucky walks on the beach. Getting hanged in the rain and serendipitously encounters with handcuffs. I really like <laughs> pina coladas mixed with gasoline and romantic candlelight tires. I am <laughs> on red from Dr. Seuss to Bobby Flay. Uh-huh. I travel especially to Greensboro. Right. I'm not busy with work. I am a banker. I am looking for garbage and beauty in the form of a Swiss goddess. She should have, I guess he or she should have the physique of Anne Hathaway and the bowling ball of time. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer if she knew how to cook. I guess this is for like, um, oh, I guess I'm like someone who likes women looking for this. But this is the person I'm um, I prefer if she knew how to cook, clean, and wash my enemies. I know I'm not very attractive in my picture, but it was taken one million days ago. And I have since become more late. <laughs> <laughs> late as an expired. If the if the if the picture was taken one million, million days ago, I have since become more dead. <laughs> 
what, what is one million days ago? I'm, I'm looking. I mean, up. it's got to be like 200 years. That's a guess. 2000. It's 2,739 days. Which is? No, years. 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 Oh, it's 2,000 years? Yeah, so I'm expired then. So I am late. <laughs> um, there's, some, there's some really like poignant stuff that came out of that. Uh, I'm looking for garbage and beauty. Like, wow. <laughs> you're also looking for the, well, you're looking for garbage and the beauty in the form of a Swiss goddess. Wow. <laughs> and the bowling ball of time. <laughs> and I'm looking for someone to, what is it, clean and wash my enemies? Yes. Learn to cook, clean, and wash my enemies. And you also like pina coladas mixed with gasoline. Right, right. I mean, that's typical delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love a good Mad Lib. I don't think I've done one since like school, since school time. So. That's always fun. Um, great, yeah. And I also like felt like I felt like I was Larry David sitting in the writer's room, just tossing out ideas too. So like that was awesome. I felt like we were writing a script. Um, very much got in the mind of Larry David, <laughs> but that was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have anything else to say about Kirby Enthusiasm? Um. No, I think like I think I said everything I wanted to say. Um, like I said, I think I think it's like the. I guess it came out around the same time, so it's hard to say like the modern day this, but I think it is like an older person perspective of like it's all in sunny in Philadelphia. But I think they have more of a script mm -hmm. in so are more deranged. Like this is very <laughs> much, as much. The most scripted, unscripted reality TV show. That's fictionalized. Fictionalized reality TV show. Let's say that. Yeah. Um. So we will be coming at you next Friday. Two weeks. Remember we do every other right, week. right, right, right. We will be coming at you two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah. Um. With that seventy show. That 70s show, yes, because that 70s show has a reboot out now, so we're going to watch it so we can tell you, you all our thoughts. Um, hopefully everyone's watching it, and honestly, if you haven't and you're listening to this right now, go in and watch it so you can kind of like be experiencing it with us, and then you can listen to our recap of it two weeks from now. Um, not recap, not recap, I mean, even though it's kind of <laughs> a lot of what our conversations are being, but like our critical review of it. Um, so yeah. Oh, I'm excited about that. Uh, so yeah, catch us next time. Thanks so much for joining us. And everybody remember to curb your enthusiasm. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all, all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>